Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the weekend and another edition of Housing Information You Can Trust right here with the Inside Outside Guys on AM760 WJR. We are absolutely thrilled to be here with this morning. Aren't we, partner? We are. What a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Actually, you and I love to work, but I I, I think I'd rather be outside doing this if there was a way to do the show outside. I agree. I am the outside guy, so I, I, I'd rather be there every time. Rather be inside. <laughs> We've had people, it's funny because, you know, we kind of created this whole inside outside guy thing. It's, it's shtick. We both, you and I both have worked inside and both have worked outside for decades. What the heck? But we have actually had people come up and go, Oh, I have a question for you guys, but, but you're the inside guy. So I can't ask you, can I? I'll have to get hold of Ken. <laughs> I got to believe uh, either one of us could probably help you with that. <laughs> oh, it's crazy stuff. So anyway, we're looking forward to having a great show. We're going to be on for three hours today uh, from 12 to 1. We're going to be on with a gentleman you've met before, Jim Zandy. Uh, looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll be taking calls from you, the listener, between now and noon. So that's going to be fun for all of us. Should be a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, we invite your calls at eight 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 six five four guys. Whenever you have the opportunity, stay in touch with us. We want to hear about what's going on with you. So, the week's been a good one. The weather's supposed to be hot. Ken and I are going to be talking. Actually, we're curious about midweek whether we're going to have some issues with power. Whether or not air conditioners will be able to keep up with everything. 96 degrees on Wednesday, Chuck. Whoa. Wednesday, let me think. I think I'm going to be inside. Lucky. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to be inside. <laughs> anyway, stick with us. We're going to have a good time. Hopefully, you'll have a good time, too. Um, want to remind everybody that now's the time to be making sure you don't have pest issues in your home. But if you do, Ken and I, as always, have a trusted solution in Rove. That's R-O-V-E, Rove Pest Control. Welcome back, Boy, everybody. Welcome. Appreciate you being with us. I, it's my turn to go ahead. Go ahead. Back. Don't do you step mind? on your toes. <laughs> go ahead partner hey, guys we are thrilled to be here with you this morning as you know if you need anything during the week and we mean anything when it comes to your house do what thousands of people do every month and go to the inside outside guys.com and ask any questions you may have right i agree with that do you hey i got a, <laughs> i got a, i got a riddle for you oh this ought to be good quick riddle okay I have a barrel and it has water in it. I add to it and it weighs. I, let me. Huh, God, I, I'm distracted. You put quick. something in the I, barrel. I have a I have a barrel that has water and it weighs thirty pounds. I put something in it. Now it weighs twenty pounds. What did I put in it? Air. A balloon full of air. You pushed What's a balloon it? full of air in it and a bunch of the water overflowed. A hole, Chuck. Just a simple hole. Now it weighs less. Boy, I, I know. You luckily, we're not on air, so people don't know how stupid I am. Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four eight nine seven. Hey, real quick, want to introduce a new team partner, Coleman Cross, a name a name Metro Detroit Home Homeowners Trust. Coleman Cross Concrete Floor Coatings is a family-owned business based out of Royal Oak. Comer and Cross team is experienced contractors, has what it takes to deliver high-performance concrete coatings in just a day. The Comer and Cross dedication team works on communication and product knowledge are what sets them apart from the rest. Comer and Cross services homes and industrial properties alike all over Southeast Michigan. One-day installation with a 15-year guarantee, not warranty guarantee, four times stronger than epoxy. So right now, our new team partner is Comer & Cross Concrete Conings. We are going to welcome Mr. Charlie Comer from Comer & Cross. Cross, how you doing, sir? Charlie, you there?
Well, maybe Charlie's not there. Eight, eight, eight. Oh, there he is. There he is. How are you doing, Charlie? How are we, Ken? Chuck, excited to be here. Excited to have you here, buddy. Sorry, we have a little bit of technical problems this morning, but I think we got those behind us, um, and we're good to go. Do us a favor, Charlie. Welcome to the team, and uh, tell us about Comer and Cross Premium Concrete Coatings. Awesome. Yeah, a little bit about our story. It's a fun one, you know. Um, so me and my partner, you know, we were originally at Michigan State University. <laughs> we were in the same fraternity together. Uh, my partner, he was studying construction management. Uh, I was in general finance. Um, and he was actually one of the only guys in my fraternity that has, had experience contracting. So, uh, you know, during the pandemic, uh, I was doing odd jobs up there on the side. And one day, I needed a guy to help me out. And I, I asked this guy, Owen, hey, man, I need some help on this job. And as we're driving there, I was telling him about this idea for this concrete coatings business. And he was like, no way. I was, you know, the head foreman at another company for two years before this, right? So I'm thinking in my head, wow, what an amazing opportunity. And, uh, you know, that next morning I went to him and I was like, hey, man, we're going to do this thing. We're completely capable of it. We have the experience in the past with other contracting businesses, you know, so the rest of that semester we planned and we worked and uh, we made the right connections and our family and friends were super supportive of us. So uh, really blessed to be here. It's a great story. I, it is a great story. You know, Ken and I have been so blessed to work with some intelligent young people coming out of college programs. And by the way, I love the uh, Michigan State University construction management program over there. Uh, we got some some really good friends over there, Matt Sial, and of course the gentleman Ken that you interviewed uh, just a George. few weeks ago. Um, so George we Berger, love it. Right. We love it. So anyway, thanks for sharing that story. And, and I guess maybe we move up to today and talk about the company itself and what you're able to do with and for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we specialize in transforming concrete spaces. So garages, basements, patios, commercial spaces as well. Um, you know, and every job that we approach is unique, you know, uh, we're going to ask the client, you know, what their needs are, and we're going to try to match that. So um, we see all kinds of garages, basements, uh, floors that are some 80 years old, and some are new builds, right? So um, we're going to tailor to what that client needs. And, um, you know, for example, the job that you were at, you know, um, we got there, it was a cracked, pitted garage floor. Uh, stained, you know, when our guys came out there, um, they prepared the floor, they repaired it, um, they communicated with the client what they were going to do, um, and then they coded it in one day um, and to transform that space. So, you know what? I seen that I met you at a job, what, uh, just over a week ago, and seeing the work that you guys do and how detailed you guys are. And that, that project we were at, that was a two car garage or a three car garage? It was a two-car garage. Okay. And your website also has garage. I mean, is, is garage is your specialty? Are you like uh, pool decks, porches? Not real big on driveways, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we don't do driveways, but we do do patios, um, you know, garages, basements. Um, I'd say garages is most of our work, but, you know, we do do a fair amount of basements, especially, you know, as that colder weather comes around. Although we can install the product all year round, um, with whatever, you know, the weather is. So Charlie, do us a favor. This, this went by too quick. Can you hang on through the uh, segment for, we can get a little more information about Comer and cross premium concrete coatings. Do you mind? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, we'll be right back. And we're going to make this next segment inside outside guys brought to you by, we have so many people asking about standby generators. People are getting worried about how warm this summer is going to be, and they know they need them, and we send them to Bratcher Electric. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. We're going to have a good time today. We're going to be taking your calls uh, in a few minutes here, but first, Ken and I wanted to introduce you to a new uh, team partner. 
Comer and Cross Premium Concrete Coatings. And on the line with us for a couple more minutes is Charlie Comer. And Charlie, uh, you and I had a chance to meet last Friday at one of your clients' house. Turned out absolutely beautiful. And when you did that job at that client's house, we had talked about the driveway, and you said you're not real thrilled about doing driveways. Can you explain that to us real quick, please? Yeah, you know, uh, we just, you know, we worry about the snow plows and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I don't really want to focus on what we can't do. I want to focus on what we can do. It, so we, uh, you know, we really specialize in garage floors, patios, basements. You know, we could do your driveway, right? But uh, we just don't think that over time with snow plows and stuff like that, it's not going to hold up. Oh, that makes perfect sense. One thing you do specialize and you enjoy doing is pool decks, do you not? Absolutely. So when people have a pool deck, everyone always asks us about slippage and how slippery it is. And I mean, anything you get out of the pool is going to be slippery, but you guys actually put an anti-slip agent in, and not just your pool decks and everything you do, correct? Absolutely. And our client can customize that. So, you know, we'll have people that want, you know, extra grit and we'll have people that want no grit. Um, and that's completely up to the client. And that's something that our representatives are going to go over the scenario and we're going to see what's best fit for our clients. Okay. The website is comercrossgarage.com. The phone number is 248-227-9786. I just got to tell you, I respect the fact that you won't do certain things because you don't think they will last. And Chuck and I, we tell people all the time, if you can't do it right or you don't have confidence it's going to be done right, don't do it at all. And we greatly respect that. Respect that. But what you do do, I saw the garage floors. Absolutely beautiful. Walkways, porches, garage floors, pool decks. Anyone think of any concrete coating, give them a call. And I'm just one second. We go on break. I will put the uh, the quick post up. You and I had a quick talk in, in front of uh, your truck when I was at your job site last Friday, and I will put that up when we go on break. Charlie Comer from Comer and Cross Premium Concrete Coatings. Thank you for coming on today, and welcome to the team, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Take Charlie. Care. Charlie Talk Comer from Comer and Cross. Good guy, good, good company. Man, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, he, he reminds me of Chuck, uh, of course, because of the Sparty reference. The Spartans, a couple guys went to Michigan State, but they remind me a lot of the guys over at Amnesty Air Duck Cleaning. Just go getters. Yeah, Just yeah. Just go getters. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you 100%. And, and it's funny, I've, I was thinking of George Berghorn, who we talked to a couple weeks ago from Michigan State University guys like him and Dennis Welch and, and all the great instructors in that construction management program. And they just turn out fantastic young people that are ready to go out and start a business. It's that cool. Are in, that are in the industry. And a couple weeks ago, you had, you and I had our uh, education weekend where we brought George in from Michigan yeah. State and a lot of other people. We've been Chad getting a Riker, lot of questions, yeah. a lot of questions about that at the inside outside guys, Facebook page, a lot of people inquiring about how they get into the careers, which that's the whole reason we had that weekend because we want to get more people into the trades, right? Well, guess who I ran into yesterday? Who'd you run into? Yet? Well, we let me see. You were to him that uh, weekend. Uh, you were probably either on a golf course at the beach, <laughs> playing tennis somewhere. I mean, you're slacking <laughs> off somewhere. So, who did you meet at the social club, Chuck? I, uh, <laughs> boy, I can't even. You did well with that. That was good. <laughs> Oh, don't tell me I knocked you off your game. <laughs> you did. The head of curriculum, basically the head of the program over at Western Michigan Construction Institute, B.J. Wells. Unfortunately, he was introduced to me just after I'd taken a bite of a huge hamburger. So it's one of those where I'm not really as communicative as I should have been and could have been. But uh, long story short, just a great young guy and uh Thrilled to have had the opportunity to you know, talk to him face-to-face. -face. And, of course, we'll have him back on the show. Talk. They've got some new programs that they're going to be working on this summer that they're going to roll out in the fall for training people for commercial construction jobs. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. We'll take any and all of your phone calls. Let's start off the day with Diane in Pontiac. Good morning, Diane. You're on with the guys on WJR. Thank you for taking my call. I, I called because my telephone company, um, let me see here, excuse me, I'm sorry. My telephone phone jack uh, cover needs to be replaced and the wires are exposed. The phone does work 
and it's located in my room near the um, near the floor. Uh, when I called the telephone company, they sent out a tech, and in the end, he could not. He wasn't able to change the cover. He replaced the old cover with a new one and uh, tried to get the telephone to work, and it uh, apparently shorted out the system, so um, the new cover uh, didn't work. So I'm calling to find out what I can do. That's. Oh. Hard to believe, quite frankly. The tech from the company couldn't. Telephone company, yeah. Right, couldn't resolve the issue. Yes, and it right. sounds like a pretty simple issue. It sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> right, is your well, house in a basement is, or a crawl? Uh, well, I'm in an apartment building, so I'm up on the second floor. And okay. um, uh, well, I was going to say something here, and I forgot, but um, uh, he wasn't able to replace it. Um, and the telephone company, they have apparently, they go out, they don't have their own text. They have another company that they refer to, and yeah. this guy was with another company. Which is me. irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, if it's a hard line, I mean, they use stranded coated wire, and if you're replacing an old jack, it's a real no-brainer. You pull the old jack out and see if they hooked up the, you know, orange and white striped wires or the or the blue ones or whichever one are dedicated to that line, and then you reconnect them to the new jack. <laughs> well, that should let be. Me, if, Gosh. If I can just add, if I can just add, the telephone, the cat, the uh, cover. It was it's, it was an old uh, gray cover, and it was about maybe uh, three inches by five. And so he he tried replacing it with one of the newer ones, like a three by three white one, and um, he said it it didn't work. Well, it didn't because size the okay. phone wasn't working. The, the size of the cover was. But you're telling us that the phone itself doesn't work as well, correct or no? Or no, the phone it? is working now. Yeah, he oh, he sorry. put the wires back, so it is working now. Uh, but when he when he changed the phone jack from the old to the new was when uh, apparently it shorted out the system. You know, Chuck, you and I get these emails, and this is what's so frustrating with us because we'll get an email that says this. I've had two professionals that come out and look for look at it. Um, we can't figure it out. What do you think? They can't figure it out. What do you think it is? And, Diane, what we got to say is if someone's had two professionals come out and take a look at it, it's awful hard for us to, to, to diagnose this on the air. But, Chuck... This seems like a no-brainer for someone to come out. How does anyone have any issues switching out a jack? I just that's well, that's what I'm wondering. So, Diane, simple. you mentioned it works, and then you said it shorted out. So, the phone line's working. What's the issue that you can't find a cover for it? Yeah, can't find the cover for it. Right. And that's the only issue right now. Yes, that's that's okay. the issue. Okay, I gotta because believe the phone does work. It does work. It's just the cover. Uh, that they weren't able to, um, it apparently it was the wrong cover. I don't know. I don't okay. understand that. But I would go online. I'd, I'd take a picture of what I'm looking for. I'd go online. That'd be uh, the first thing I'd do. If it was convenient, I might run into a, an electrical supply house with a picture. Uh if they if they don't have something in stock and know exactly where to get it, then you're going to be able to find it online. It's going to be one of those two things. I just did a simple um, Google search for phone jack cover, and boy, it, a whole bunch of stuff just came on. Exactly. You can buy, you can buy them all up right there. <coughs> Excuse me. Pretty simple to install. Uh, so, if when you say electrical supply house, do you have any uh, that I that um, you would recommend? Can you send us an email, Diane? Is it possible to send us an email during the week? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, just send us an email and remind us about the phone call, and we'll make sure to get you in touch with some people. I'll also send you, when you email us, some links that I'm looking at right now that should be able to help. And if you can take a picture of it and send it to us as well, that can only help. Yeah, we can give you a phone okay. number to Ray Electric if you want to right now. You could try them. Ray Electric. Okay, sounds yep, good. They're electrical supply house. Yeah, you betcha. Thank you so much, Thank Diane. We appreciate time. your call. You're welcome. Thank you. We appreciate you. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Stuff like that is, it can be extremely frustrating, can it? Uh, you know, you, you feel for people when they're in a position where a stupid little goofy thing like that, that becomes your focus. When I explained the emails we get earlier, 
for me, it's a helpless feeling because I, I'm looking at this thinking they had two professionals come out and they can't help. And I'm thinking, boy, how can I, what can I do to try to help this person where two people that were out their house couldn't help them. And what you just did is a great idea. Go to electric supply house. You know, nowadays, Chuck, with this phone that we have, it makes things so much easier to take a picture of something and walk to a professional or a quick video and say, what is this? And unfortunately, people your age and, and my age, we're not used to this. I mean, we didn't have this when we were kids. It wasn't so easy. We were you know what's funny about way. that? We didn't take pictures because of what you just said, but we did take advantage of those supply houses. That sure. was one of the, th that was kind of our go-to thing. You know, we didn't have the inside outside guys. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the internet, you know, to access insideoutsideguys.com. So we literally, you did the same thing. You had supply houses and you'd call them up and say, hey, I ran into this weird situation or I need this weird product or this weird tool. And they would know because that's all they do, you know? Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely correct. Uh, 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Chuck, we get back from break. Let's talk a little bit of ladder safety. We've been getting a lot of... Uh, a lot of emails from listeners who they're, they're just, I hate to say it this way, they're too old to get on ladders, so they, they're looking for people that can help them out. Ladder safety is so important, and we'll discuss that when we get back from this next break in the Inside Outside, guys. In the meantime, Chuck, we have a great painting company that has a great handyman division. And anyone out there that knows a great handyman, we want to hear about it. But McFarland Painting has a great handyman division. So if you need some painting done, some drywall done, some handyman work done, we want you to call McFarland Painting. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you being with us. It, it's it's a beautiful day. It's a great day to be maybe carrying. I was thinking of my dad carrying that portable radio around, you know, and just kind of listening to someone like the Inside Outside guys. Housing information you can trust and what's on your to-do list today, we can help. How Ever, if on your to-do list is getting up and cleaning your gutters, getting up and checking out your chimney, inspecting your roof, we want to take a few minutes. Painting the ceiling. There you go. We want to take a few minutes and talk about ladder safety. We are getting a lot of emails from people, and um, the email kind of goes like this. My husband wants to clean our gutters. He's getting up there in years. I'm worried about him losing his balance. And we actually had a friend last year whose brother passed away because he was on a step ladder cleaning out his gutters and he fell off that the step ladder went out from underneath him and he fell off the step ladder, hit his head, it passed away a few days later. You know, I've had two family members, one of whom had the little two step stool that you use in the kitchen. Yep. Very solid, big steps, you know, big treads that you step on. Yep. And she stepped off that incorrectly and broke a foot. And then another female family member uh, who has had ladder falls in the past uh, overreached on a ladder this uh, past week and broke a foot again. And it's it's like, gosh, you can't overreach on ladders. That's maybe that's that's maybe that's tip one, huh? Chuck, some of the, the the pictures that we see on Facebook when it comes to ladder and lack of ladder safety, someone's on a step or a set of stairs, and they'll put the right tread on the step and the left tread. They'll stack five or six books underneath it before they they put it up. We people like you and I, Chuck, I think it's fair to say we're experts when it comes to ladders. We have been on and off ladders our entire lives. Now that we're getting older. We take a lot more care. You know, I'm always saying it takes one second. And, and your sister-in-law broke her foot. I mean, she just stepped off a two-rung step stool and broke her foot. And think how long that's going to affect her life and the pain she's going to have to. The rehab, so we really want, the, yeah. When it comes to ladders, just take a second and think. Just take a second and step back and go, what's the worst thing that can happen here? Chuck. How do you feel about the collapsible ladders? Uh, the ones I've looked at over the years, they're very pricey, but they're very solid. They're very good. Um, I've never I've never seen a cheap one. I don't know of you. I mean, when I say cheap, I mean badly made that, that I consider flimsy. 
No, but they scare me. I don't like being on those ladders. I've never seen really cl collapse while someone's on the ladder, but they scare me. You got to be careful of your fingers whenever you're opening or closing the darn things that you don't pinch yeah, you your do. fingers, take off your fingers. Yep. Um, I know a lot of people that carry them with them in their trunks because they're so easy to store when they drive if they're going out to, you know, maybe sell windows or sell roofs. Sure. But I've never been a big fan of them. I would much rather be on a tall, the, the, my favorite ladder is a step ladder. And if I can reach something with a tall step ladder, I'm going to use that before I use anything else. Interesting. I was trying to think as you spoke, my favorite ladder was probably the big old wooden extension ladders, except I, I personally would not be able to lift one anymore, Right. much less move it around. But, but they were extremely safe. They didn't conduct electricity. And if they were properly maintained, they were really strong and stable. Um, of course, a lot of people abused them and, and, you know, they'd get wobbly and, and not throw them away, which is crazy. Right, 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 right. A few tips we want people to understand. Make sure you choose the right ladder for the job. Now, I just mentioned that I like a tall step ladder. The problem with the tall step ladder, Chuck, I've been doing this all my life. If it's a ranch, I personally have no problem with a tall step ladder that stops about two feet short of the roof line. Because I climb up and get down. As I get older, I'm not going to be able to do that. But I've done it so many times, I'm very comfortable doing it. Which that itself may not be such a good thing. Yeah, and and the truth is, um, with the tall step ladders, you've got four feet to balance. And if you're you mentioned doing using them outside, if you're using them outside, then it could be an issue where you cannot find flat ground for four feet. Um, finding flat ground for a, a good extension ladder, you know, to put up against the eaves, uh, is a lot easier. So I, I own several step ladders of various heights. I think the tallest one I own is eight feet tall. So it's one of those things where, um, I like them, but I tend to like those when I'm working on hard surfaces, you know, uh, if I'm working on, um, if I'm working on a concrete surface, then that then that step ladder to me is good. I like that a lot. Makes so. perfect sense. Sorry, had a had an issue here real quick. So, Chuck, one thing we want to make sure people understand is if you if you don't feel confident on a ladder, do not get on that ladder. Like I said, you and I, the older we get, the less confident we feel on ladders. Is that fair to say? Uh, wisely so. <laughs> you know, I was just talking to a friend of ours and I've got some work to do. Actually, I was talking to two different friends. I've got some work to do up in my gables and my gables are tall on my house. They're very steep. They're very tall and I've got the ladders for it, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do it. And both of these people suggested, you know, you can rent a, a, a man lift for anywhere from 300 bucks to 750 bucks for four hours to a day. Yeah. And if you uh, look at the cost of the emergency room, that that's about 10% of what you're going to pay. If you walk into an emergency room and it's like, Whoa, that was great advice. No, that really is good advice. And not only that Chuck, but the time you're going to be out of work, you know, you break a shoulder, oh. you, you break a foot, you break a leg, the time you're going to be out of work, the time you're going to be set up in bed. A um, couple other quick things. Make sure no pets are anywhere around. You don't want dogs or pets anywhere around when you're on top of a ladder. And you don't want to do what I said just a minute ago. You, you never want to put anything underneath the ladder. You want that ladder to be touching the ground securely. Don't put anything underneath the ladder and make sure you have the right ladder for the right job. That's well, you saying. mentioned climbing up, you know, uh, the outside of, of the house there. Uh, big believer that you have either the type of ladder that digs into the ground so that the bottom rails cannot slip out from under you while you're up high. And also that you make sure you carry the, ra uh, the ladder itself, the side rails of the ladder, a good three feet above the roof line where it contacts the roof if you're going to get up on it because yeah. you want to have something to grab onto as you then try to come back down that ladder. 
and you want to be standing when you try to come back down the ladder, not laying uh, down. Yeah. Gently being careful <laughs> on that. So everyone, when it comes to ladders, please be careful. And you want to talk about a company or crew that brings ladders everywhere they go. They're on them every day, and nothing happens because they're professionals, and they're used to doing it. If you need a new roof, you've heard of Kearns on our station for years you know how they love to take care of veterans. That's just one reason. When you need a new roof, we want you to call Kearns Brothers. Good morning. Welcome back to the Inside Outside Guys. Laughing and learning 24-7 at the InsideOutsideGuys.com. The Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. You there, buddy? Okay. Um, having a little bit of issues with our equipment. We'll figure out here in just a second. Chuck, you're muted. <laughs> just a minute ago, we were talking ladder safety at the InsideOutsideGuys.com. And we want to make sure if you're going to get up onto your uh, up onto your roof or onto a ladder, that you take your time and you stay safe on that. Are you back, bud? Yes, sir. There you are. There you are. We were talking ladder safety at the last segment. I just wanted to make sure that everyone understands the point where you pick the right ladder for the job, whatever you do. And when you're in, when you're cleaning gutters, you do what you don't do what you said earlier, Chuck, and reach over. That's where most ladder accidents happen because people are reaching over to try to either clean out more of the gutter before they move it. Or they're reaching for something they should not be reaching for at all. Well, that or they have the wrong ladder, period. Yeah, too short a ladder is common. I remember on construction jobs years ago seeing people that had too short a ladder for the job they had. So they were, you know, trying to, you mentioned laying down on the roof to get off a ladder. Yep. And instantly my brain went back, you know, 25 years to, to jobs where you saw guys doing just that. It's like, for heaven's sakes, don't do that. Or it's too short, so they don't have the proper angle of repose against the wall or edge that they're leaning the ladder against. The ladder's straight up and down. So instead of leaning like it should, uh, you know, the ladder is straight, so it becomes a hazard, you know, where you could possibly fall backwards on it. Right, right. That's scary stuff. Good point. Eight, 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 six, five, four guys equals eight, 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 six, five, four, four, eight, nine, seven. Chuck, we had an email this week from a Selena. It was a really good email. I know you'd like this. I'm in the planning stage of building a new home and I'm wondering what's the best roofing and siding materials are in terms of quality, energy efficiency, and maintenance. Roof, asphalt shingles, standing seam metal, question mark. Board and batten siding, vinyl hard, vinyl hardy board or steel? Question mark. I want both the roof and the siding to be long lasting with low maintenance. Doesn't everybody want that, Chuck? Man, I do anymore. And uh, studies have reinforced. First, first it was that the baby boomers wanted low maintenance. Then, then it's been reinforced that pretty much every homeowner wants low maintenance. And we hear this a lot when people go online, they hear conflicting information um, of these materials. and They don't know who to believe. So she sent us this question. Chuck, if you were going to build a house, what materials would you use on those lists? That's a good question. Um, I have no problem. You know, our article this week was on roofing systems. Article? And uh, it's interesting how that has changed. Uh, the materials have changed. The systems have changed. So I would use a, a heavy-duty shingle. I like a, a very textured, thick shingle. I like the looks of it. But but there are some attractive metal roofs. You and I have seen some metal roofs that we didn't like. Oh, in the old days, every metal roof I didn't like. <laughs> when I say old days, I go back 10, 20, 30 years. Every metal roof I saw I didn't like. Yeah. But there were some roofs that you and I even recently saw at shows that we didn't care for that were metal that, you know, they just, they looked too much like metal uh, when they were trying to maybe resemble a textured wood shake or something to that effect. Uh, but there are some beautiful metal roofs that I wouldn't have a problem with. And, and certainly they're going to last if they're well done, right? Yeah. And I would rather have, if I'm going to do a metal roof, a standing seam 
metal roof um, rather than one of the whole bunch of pieces. If you remember years ago when we started the show, uh, a friend of ours, Bob Knowles from Knowles Roofing, who's no longer with us, certain team made a shingle, a, a metal shingle that mimics an asphalt shingle. And my first question was, why? Either get a metal roof or get a asphalt shingle. Why would you want a metal roof that looks like an asphalt shingle? Because then you still have two components that could, could fail on that shingle. So Yeah, it's funny. They, gosh, I mean, none of this stuff is new. We remodeled a restaurant, gosh, probably 35 years ago that had a stamped aluminum shingle on it that was supposed to look like a, a really thick shake. Yeah. Uh, it was a good product, but the reality was you had to put a roof underneath that with heavy felt paper and then put that metal over the top of it because they knew water was going to get underneath that roof. So it's like you had to build a watershed roof and then put the metal roof on top of that. Now, do you remember a roof? I know you do. Um, up in the Oscoda area, right next to the very famous Dairy Queen, that the the office there has a metal roof on it. It's been there for many years. You reference and, Dairy Queen? I know exactly where. Oh, you're I know. At. You know that? Yeah, banana ice cream. Split. I know. <laughs> but it was a baked-on finish, and it was all peeling off. The entire metal roof that finish was all peeling off. And that would be so disappointing because when people get a metal roof, they don't ever expect to mess with that roof again in their lifetimes. And I said the earlier metal roofs, that obviously was one of them. And what I didn't like about those early metal roofs is they came in like three or four colors and they were all ugly. They came in a mauve, they came in a green, they came in a bright red, they came in like a purple. Now they have some beautiful metal roofs that, that, that mimic whatever color you want. And I trust the ones nowadays much more than I did the ones back then. Yeah. It's funny because when you ask the question, if you're building your own home, what would you use? I probably would not use a wood product for siding just because it's going to require maintenance, even though I love wood and there's some beautiful wood siding product out there. We'll talk more about this when we get back from break and we'll be taking your calls at 888-654-GUYS. This next segment, the Inside Outside Guys, Chuck, you know, I talk, you and I always say the two most important parts of the house are the foundation and the roof. But we just got done talking about the roof. If your foundation is having any issues whatsoever, whether it's a crack, whether it's leaking through the wall, whether it's standing water in your basement or crawl space, we want you to call our friends at Foundation Solutions 360. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. want to remind you that at noon... We're going to scurry over to talk to a buddy of ours, Mr. Jim Zandy from Serta Pro Painting between 12 and 1. So that should be interesting. He's a good guy and he's a hard worker and he cares about what he does, doesn't he? Absolutely. He is in the middle of his season, isn't he? And this rain sure certainly isn't helping him. Or any not painter. from the outside work. No, sir. Not from the outside You darned work, outside no. people, I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, bud, I showed you a picture earlier of a uh, outside meter meter someone's house and there was something attached to it and uh, you couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. You sent it to a friend of yours who's an electrician. He couldn't figure it out. We want our listeners to go to the inside outside guys, Facebook page and see if they can figure it out. It is a very obvious meter on a brick home and there's something extra that uh, looks like a speaker and we can't figure out what it is. And if anyone else out there has an idea, go to the Inside Outside Guys Facebook page and let us know what it is, please. We had one suggestion that we won't mention right now as to what it might be. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's Strange. interesting. Yeah, it's a great photograph in the Facebook page. I told you I was across the state yesterday, and I had several people come up and go, love your Facebook page. You guys, boy, there's great stuff on it. It's funny. It's educational. So, Strongly encourage people to visit it. Yeah, we try. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Let's uh, talk to Brad in Windsor. Good morning, Brad. You're on with the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we help you? Um, had uh, new replacement windows installed uh, start of February this, this uh, year, third year. And uh, okay. shortly after, I had uh, condensation appearing on everything that they've uh, touched. 
that they replaced. And I was told that I wouldn't have that problem. So, uh, but they told me that uh, it's because I had high condensation in the home. Yeah. And uh, I went ahead and um, I went ahead and bought some uh, measuring tools for the uh, humidity in the home, along with the furnace one I had, and just to take different readings from different rooms and different places. I didn't uh, exceed anything around 36 or 37 percent humidity. I was down around 32 at times. So I had condensation first thing in the morning. Um, I have no. That condensation, condensation was on the in. The, uh, I'm sorry. That condensation was on the inside of the windows. Uh, no, this was just actually. I was just leaving it on the coffee table, in the family room, uh, kitchen area, different spots. But I did measure by the window. I put them at the windows, and they were in the upper forties, mid forties, about ten percent more humidity at the windows at the source. And, and, and where were you seeing the evidence of the humidity? All across the bottom of the windows, every window and door that they touched. Right, on okay. the inside of the window, at the bottom of the window. That's correct. Okay. It can only be humidity in the house. Chuck, do you agree with that? Well, it's a combination of things. It's like that glass with ice and pop in it that you set down in the hot sun. It, it temperature differential generally creates the condition where you're going to get condensation, and that's due to rapid heat loss from one side or the other. So, inside the house, typically, if you've got condensation in the house, it indicates rapid heat loss that will then allow the moisture that the warm air was carrying to condense on the cold surface that the heat is being lost through. It shouldn't be happening unless you've got, like Ken said, either high humidity and or a cold surface. And the cold surface, hopefully, would not be new windows and doors. Um, yeah, that's why I didn't even think about that. Now, are you confident, um, Brad, that you chose a quality product in the windows? Well, that's what I'm questioning. Don't know. Well, there was yeah. no sticker on the window to tell me what the uh, measurement was, specs on the window. When I, re when I uh, had them come and install everything and I didn't see anything, I checked everything out, I did not see anything on the windows I can see. And I didn't ask that question, but they told me that I would not have any condensation on the windows. That's one of the big reasons why I went and replaced them, because my, my older windows were around 27 years old. Yeah. And they told me the seals were gone. Yeah. So that's why you were getting that. And, and and coming from our side, I mean, that new window should be a quality window, and it should even more air seal that house. So that's what I'm thinking, humidity. But, Chuck, what you said is, if what you said is right, then there's something really wrong. Yeah. One thing I would try to find is the U factor or U value for the units you purchased Hopefully it's around. Yeah, I was trying. To, I'm trying to get that. I'm, I've been trying to get that U factor. I didn't even get the the R factor because you can get the U factor too from the U. That's well, if you have one, you can get the other. Exactly. Right. Uh, That's what I was trying to get, and I haven't had uh, not very good conversations or contact with the uh, installers. So I'm trying to get that. The thickness of the window. The other possibility. The other possibility, it's you said it's at the bottom of all the units. If they did not air seal properly uh, those units when they installed them around the frame of the unit, you could have rapid heat loss rather than through the unit. It's going underneath and around the unit. And that also can create a condensation issue if you've got the, you know, enough humidity in the house. So... It's got to be one of those three things, and uh, feel free to you know stay in touch with us with an email, and uh, we'll try to help you through it. Chuck, here's what I'm worried about: right. when they put those windows in, they didn't put enough insulation around it, whether that's a spray foam or something like that. That's what I was just talking about. Right, right. Uh, maybe a flare camera uh, can come in and see if they see the evidence of that. Well, I guarantee you're going to have great heat loss with a flare camera. 
where you have the humidity oh, yeah. forming on the window. Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, that was one of the possibilities I was looking at doing. Um, I can do it even currently right now. When I had the air conditioner on for a couple of days, we had some humidity or some heat went up, and I noticed the condensation on the window on the inside again. When it was warm outside, we had some 80-some degree weather. Unacceptable. Yeah, and I'm almost guessing you've got to have high humidity in the house and you're not moving the air properly. I, I wish we could talk more. Maybe we can exchange some emails and discuss this further. Yeah, send us some email. We've got to go to break. Right. Send us some emails, Brad, and maybe some pictures along with that email, okay? Hey, with all this rain, Thank you. gut you're welcome. Thank you. Gutters have been overwhelmed, have they not, buddy? Oh, <laughs> guaranteed. If you have a small basic gutter on your house and you got a giant rough line, you need new six inch gutters, possibly some gutter protection, right? And the person that's going to do that is Atlas Home Improvement. Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you being with us. Want to remind you the telephone lines are open for the next half hour for you at 888 654 Guys. That's 4897. We're going to stick with the phones, but you know what? The ladder safety thing, I mentioned slope, and just so people know, try to think one to four. If you're going up four feet, the bottom leg should be out a foot from whatever you're leaning against. One to four. Makes one foot out, sense. four feet up. Makes Maybe. perfect sense. Yeah. Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. Phone lines are open. Let's talk to Frank in South Lyon. Good morning, Frank. You're on with the guys. Yes, uh, you know somebody that can come over and take down a satellite dish and put up some new shingles there. So uh, probably a handyman service would be the yeah. best bet. You think, Ken? Absolutely. Yeah, we get a lot of questions for handyman handyman services. And I tell you. I, Anyone listening right now, if you know a good handyman that's dependable, please send us their contact information because we get questions all over Southeast Michigan, and the answer is a good handyman. The problem is they're far, few and far between. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we can give you the name of Handyman Connections and a phone number if you'd like that. Give them a call. Okay, because, yeah, I've called three others and they won't come over. Well, yeah, it is hard to get people to come out and do those small jobs in this busy economy, much less to do it affordably, but if you, you can try. You got a pen handy? Yeah, I'm ready. It's 734-205-9000. 9000, okay. Give them a okay, shot. Thank you. Thank okay, you. thank you. Thank you. Bye. You're you're very Bye -bye. welcome. You're very welcome. You know, you and I, if we had any brains, we'd figure out a use for those old satellite dishes. Because man, I, I've seen houses where there were three of them installed over the course of a decade. <laughs> when I moved into the house before this one I'm in now, he had one of the big satellite dishes out in the back, and I had to tear that thing down, put it out in front of the house, and it got taken away in minutes by the. Now, when you say big, how big was it? Was it one of the five? Six to eight feet. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's ones that they used to use in the old days for the ham radios or to get out there for these guys were serious about it back then. Yeah. So we took, we took that down. So we had a full mount one that big. And I'm telling you, it was a major job not only to cut it out, you know, but, but to then get it on a trailer and take it to a, a, a disposal site. No, I totally agree with you. Have a, I got a question for you, buddy. Have you heard the term shrinkflation? Shrinkflation. Yes. It, the, the building nope. industry have, has known it for years, okay? So when they start taking those two-by-fours down to three-and-a-half, I mean, anything you buy when it comes to the building industry isn't true, whatever it says. But instead of raising prices, what a lot of companies are doing is they're shrinking the, the serving sizes of whatever they're selling. And people well, don't I, notice. A lot of fast food places have. Well, you're right, but a bag of Doritos went from – 9.75 ounces to 9.25 ounces. Um, you got a uh, bounty paper towel went from 165 sheets down to 147 sheets. Ah, you know, well, tell uh, me that the Whopper today is the Whopper from 30 years ago. And I love the Whopper. 
<laughs> yeah, I was about to say the wrong one. Chuck, I can't remember last time I ate a Whopper, so I, I can't even know. But that really is true with so many things we see out there nowadays. Instead of raising the price, they lower down the amount. A um, Ziploc sandwich bags used to have 54. Now they have 50. Uh, just so many. Uh, uh, let's see. Wheat thins used to have 16 ounces. Now they have 14 ounces. So just because it's staying the same site size does not mean you're getting the same deal when same price same size fewer i like fewer. Uh, well i like the information i i hate the concept but could you imagine <laughs> you go out and buy a new car pay the same price for it and they deliver it and you find out that oh wait we, we only gave you four cylinders not eight this time and and we you know, it's just the way it is. We're, we weren't going to tell you, but we thought we'd fit. You could figure it out for yourself. <laughs> you're, abs you're absolutely right. Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. Hey, the ladder safety thing. Um, be really careful if you've got the aluminum ladders and you're working around any electricity. You and I. So many of the overhead services on houses. You know, the electrical service. People get up and they're working close to those. An aluminum ladder is like taking is like standing right on the ground. So if that ladder is in wet soil, you might as well be standing in a puddle of water while you touch those wires. I mean, it's scary. It's potentially deadly. I agree with you. I agree with you. These are all just little small safety ladder tips we're trying to give out today. Another one is when you put that ladder, the aluminum ladder Chuck's talking about, or the fiberglass ladder, when you put up against a house and you grab it and you go, okay, that looks really secure, look down first. No matter how it feels, look down. Because a lot of time you'll have one of those, those swing legs flat on the ground. The other one will be standing up in the upright position, but the ladder still feels secure. Yeah. Um, depending on what kind of slope you're on. You could be on a driveway where there's a slope on it and you don't realize that. Those rubber boots on the bottom of that ladder should be perfectly flat, 100% of them, on the surface of whatever you're going up against. That is very important. Well, if that's a concrete surface, then then definitely the rubber boots on the concrete. If you're on, on grass or loose soil, then you want those flipped up and those those teeth digging in. Is that the way you do it? And, oh, and grass? I've never done, I've never done it that way. Yeah, if the teeth are digging in, then it's far less likely to be able to slide on loose soil. Whereas if it was wet grass, for instance, you know, the rubber feet could slide. But if you're digging those teeth in, then that's far less likely to slide on, especially if you got the right slope. That right slope is absolutely critical. Absolutely. Uh, and, and more so if you're on concrete or asphalt, which even is slipperier than oh, concrete. You're right. All right. Let's go to the phones and talk to Marty from Ottawa Lake. Good morning, Marty. You're on with the guys. Good morning. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Hi, looking guys. to get a uh, composite deck done. Okay. And I, you have a uh, I contractor for that? I was just uh, telling... Chuck, this morning about a deck I just saw recently, and all composites are not the same. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> all composites yeah. are not the same. When it comes to composite decking, Chuck, it, uh, Trex has a good, better, a best. I love you the Trex product, sorry. I, but I like the best. I like the best. I was at a job recently, and it was probably a four or five year old composite deck that was bought at a big box store. And I think it's, the, I believe it's the only big box store that makes their own brand of composite decks. Okay. It looked terrible. It looked terrible. And it wasn't anything that the installer did. I could start seeing a whole bunch of fissure cracks through it. It was already starting to warp in certain places. So when you're buying a composite deck, Make sure you buy the best. And where is Ottawa Lake at, Marty? Where about is that, Chuck? Uh, that's about um, down by the Ohio line. Okay. About by the 10 Ohio minutes line? from the Ohio border. Toledo, Ohio. Gotcha. But I'm looking for a contractor for up at my lake house, which is in Manitow Beach, Michigan, which is up by Irish Hills. Gotcha. That's gotcha. funny. Up by Irish Hills. I always think that's so funny when I hear people say that. Over. Well, it'd be <laughs> over to the west. Yeah. <laughs> no, we get it. Believe me, I, I used to do a lot of programs in Indiana, and they would talk about up in Irish Hills, you know, up in anywhere in the southern tier there, people, you know, that was north to them, which is fine. And it's beautiful country. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and Marty, one thing that we do when people 
email us from out of town, which you're not in our direct area. Chuck, do we have a contractor that go out to, to that area? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We've got, we've got a few, you might try We've got, you know, um, Mike with deck detail over in Ann Arbor might possibly go over there, but well, there the go. problem in this economy, those, those people are also busy within 20 miles of their house that, I'm, you know, the fact I'm not in a hurry as long as I can get it done before maybe this fall or next spring. Okay. Okay. What I was going to say is for people out there, defer to your local home builders association. Oh yeah. And we will do that a lot. We had a gentleman up in the Grayling area yesterday, ask us for a rougher. And we always said, defer to your local home builder association. Those companies that they will refer to you that you can get from their online site. They are, they are vetted. It's, it's a great organization to get contractors from when, you're not in our area. Home Builders Association? Yes. Yeah. Jackson would be the Home Builders Association for you there. Yeah, if you talk to Lauren over at uh, the HBA Jackson, um, great, great individual. He knows everybody around there, and he knows who's good and who's not. Uh, if you want a phone number for that, we can give it to you. Yes, please. It's 517 517- Seven eight three four eight hundred. Okay. Yeah, That's talk Jackson to Lauren. Home Builder Association. Yeah, he's a great what guy. Was his name? He's a Lauren. L O R N E Lauren. Yeah, and he's a former contractor that in his retirement is helping out at the home builders. And again, he's, he knows everybody he's been in that area forever working in the industry. So great individual knows this stuff. If he tells you somebody's good, they're good. Okay. What was the one from Ann Arbor? You mentioned deck something. Yeah. Uh, deck detail, uh, gentleman that Ken and I had a chance to meet a few years ago. We were impressed with, uh, Mike ask for Mike. And the number there is seven, three, four, Four two zero one seven zero two one zero seven two. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, no, no, one seven zero two. Uh, forgive me if I gave it to you wrong. One seven zero two. Okay. And Marty, it all right. And, and this truck, this truck is, uh, let me finish this statement real quick. You or anybody, if you talk to a pro like this and they say, we're too busy, we, we can't get out there, then say to them, can you refer me to someone that's as good as you are? Most of them can do that. Okay. Sorry okay. to interrupt you. And I can tell them I'm not in a hurry, too. I mean, they will love they you for that whenever they can get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, never say that. Okay. Now never back on the, back on the Trex and get is, to it. Is, it the, will never get done. <laughs> is Trex, is Trex about the best one out there? Boy, I'll tell you, I, I have had great luck with Trex. I can refer Trex unabashedly. Ken, I got to believe you feel the same way. Trex is a great product. Can't say enough about it. Okay. Um, Azac is also a good product as well, Chuck. Yes, it is. Azac is a good product as well. So what is it? Azac. A Z E K. Yep. Thank you very much, Mario. Appreciate your call. Yep. Appreciate your call. Okay, hey, if you got a basement, you. a basement out there that you want to make a living space, Chuck and I have always said, don't go out, don't go up, go down. And before you go down, you want to call Basements Plus. Eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. Let's go to the phones, buddy, and talk to uh, Carl in Troy. Good morning, Carl. You're on with the Inside Outside guys at WJR. Hey. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, well, listening to you, I've got comments on a couple of the callers, but the first caller was about the windows, and uh, my experience. I have both the crank, the slider, and the double hung windows. There's a manufacturer's label on either the upper frame or maybe even on the upper jam yeah and and it says on the label do not remove usually <laughs> so and it's stuck in there so i've used a, my camera cell phone you know and take pictures of it and blow it up and so i just want to give you a tip because he didn't know who made it usually it doesn't have a manufacturer's name but it'll have a model number that'll give you a clue 
Yeah, a lot of times you can look in the uh, lower right-hand corner from the inside of the glass. And mm. the light's got to be right. Even even my old man eyes can often find them. Um, and you'll find a manufacturer and a name as well. Something else, since you mentioned that, there should be a sticker on right on the glass that the, that the installer should not have removed that gave him the information regarding solar heat gain coefficient, U-factor, which would be insulating values, visible light transmitting values, yada, yada. There's all kinds of things. Ken and I have written articles about that in the Detroit News. Yes, but one thing people may have forgotten is um, Brad called from Windsor. So the they're, they're more stringent than we are. You, you would think, but he did say he looked for those on the window and he could not find them. So, well, the stuff that our caller is referring to right now should be, I mean, 99% is on the window. The I installer agree. may have peeled off the energy efficiency sticker, which I don't know why they do that unless they're installing a really bad window. You know, why well, would they do that? Well, whoever's installing what, I want to know what that window is so I can do a lot of research on it before you come and install it in my home. So, um, Carl, you had some more comments? Yeah, uh, two more. You're talking about the ladder. And what I've done is I've, I bought these U-shaped kind of a frame that goes to the top of the ladder, and it yeah. moves you out from the wall. And it's not only that, it's a stabilizer. And uh, the other thing I've done is I'll put a piece of maybe two by uh, one by six or any, whatever I have that will span the, the foot uh, of the you know, legs of the ladder on soft ground. I rarely see that done. There's guys putting siding on a house in my neighborhood now. They just have the ladder going on the soil, and I'm like, wow. And the uh, third thing is talking about falling off ladders. The time I've uh, nearly fell is when I'm, it's the last step. And I've got something in my hand. Maybe it's a molding or something that I was doing up high, and I'm worried about holding that molding going down. And I, and I take a step down thinking it's the last step, and it's not. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, you, and you're talking about the bottom step. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I'm at the bottom, and I'm not. Yep. yep. And, it, and usually because I'm holding yep. something in my hand that I'm thinking about, oh, I, what I'm going to do with this, I have to cut it inch off or, you know, something, and I'm not thinking. I'm going down automatically, and I, because you're, if you're up pretty high, you know, say 15 feet or something, you lose perspective when you're coming down. You think, oh, you, well, you're, like I said, it's typically I'm holding something. Yeah. I and then I, I take that last step, and I think it's the ground, and it's not the ground. Yep. Yep. Great you know advice. what? There, there is a feeling. I wish I knew what it was <clears> called, <throat> but everyone knows the feeling of stepping on the ground from something you're not familiar with. Whether because I'm a, I'm a big hunter, so every time I get out of my tree stand, it just feels so good. My feet hit the ground. When you get off of a boat, when you get off of a ladder, yeah. it's got to be a name for that feeling of just okay. I'm 100 percent now. <laughs> Well, hey, like people so that the... survive a plane crash, they get and kiss the ground, right? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I Amen. would too. <laughs> I've been in a I've been in a boat before that when I got to land, I, well, I should have done that. So, thank you so much for the for the call, Carl. We appreciate it. Let's go to Vernon from Auburn Hills. Good morning, Vernon. You're on with the guys. You there, Vernon? Uh, with the last caller, <laughs> I've experienced that last step myself. I purchased a house that's half burnt down. <coughs> Excuse me. That's half burnt down, and I'm going to tear it down. And I'm wondering, should I pull a new construction permit, or should I leave one or two walls standing and pull a remodeling permit? Because I do plan on reusing the basement and that type of thing. I would talk to the jurisdiction that the house exists in because they have some funny rules about that. Good friend of mine, uh, they had a major fire that they're, they're tore the house down to the top of the existing foundation, went to get permits to rebuild and found out that all of a sudden it had to qualify as a totally new construction and the setback requirements weren't correct, which has, oh has literally extended them for a, a year and a half so far. I think they finally got that resolved and they got a zoning board of appeals ruling on that. But I would talk to the jurisdiction before I touch that. 
get it in writing. I, I did. <laughs> I, I did have a conversation, and, and they seemed like they were on the fence. You could go either way. And uh, because it's on acreage, so it, uh, there, there's no setback uh, uh, issues. I would get it in writing. Make sure the foundation, if it was exposed to a fire, is it a block foundation or a poured wall? Uh, I've, I haven't torn it down. I haven't even been inside this place yet. But I know that it's coming down, just so you know, so Including the uh, but foundation? I'm just wondering. Pardon me. Are you taking the foundation down then too? No, I, I, I want to try to reuse the foundation and and try to engineer a house to fit on the existing foundation. And also, I'm thinking that uh, I'm just wondering as far as permits go. What I what I want a remodeling permit or how many walls do I have to leave standing or or what's the protocols? Again, Vernon, every jurisdiction is different, so you want it in writing from the enforcing jurisdiction what they're going to require. And if it's a block foundation that, that's been exposed to a fire, there could be some issues with that part of the foundation. So I would definitely get something in writing from the enforcing jurisdiction regarding what they're going to make you do and then move forward with the answer to your question based on their response. Thank you so much for your help. You're very welcome. I know you didn't hear what you wanted to, but that's the best advice there is for that. No, I did hear what I wanted to. It's got to be in writing. And just you talking to somebody over the counter is no good. No, it's not. <laughs> nope. Been there. Done that. It's not worth it. Get it in writing, sir. Thanks a lot. Have a nice day. You too, Vernon. God bless you. I'll tell you, we have seen situations like that time and time again, both personally as professionals and, you know, as third parties, you know, dealing with other people like Vernon. And you just don't know. I mean, the, the, the friend of mine that I referred to that got caught with that issue, trying to rebuild on top of the same foundation, he, he's a building expert. He's been building for 45 years. So anyway, stay tuned. We're going to be on the air from 12 to 1 with a friend of ours, Jim Zandy from Serta Pro. Meanwhile, if your house has the house uglies, Ken and I have a solution that we've had for years. We trust these people. We trust this company. And, of course, I'm talking about Pro Home Improvement.